0: Welcome to the Robert Affalter Show. I am Robert Affalter, and we are beginning the morning drive. <laughs> it is Friday, September the what, 10, 11, September the 11th, and we're starting out a little bit early for my mastermind meeting this morning. And what I want to talk about today is life well lived. <clears throat> Have you thought about what that means for you? I don't know if it has to mean the same thing for each of us, but seems to me, for those of us who think about it, it's more than just surviving. It's more than being able to retire and, as a friend of mine says, his parents have retired and they just drink all day. Well, is that your idea of a life well lived? Perhaps. I don't know. It wouldn't be my idea of a life well lived. But well, it gives, gives us some pause <clears throat> to really think about what does that mean? Does it mean that we created a business that served a lot of people? Did we have a successful partnership in our life? Spousal or significant other, however you want to define that. Did you have a happy family life? interesting how many people don't really put enough effort on that or they put too much control into that. Trying to control what their children do. And wind up being upset because either their children didn't do what they wanted them to (laughs) or their children resent being told what to do. So if you have children, wouldn't the good life be helping them to achieve success or whatever that means to them? Helping them establish values that help them have a happy life? And first of course, that means that you must find happiness yourself. Are you happy in your life? Are you content? I was reading this morning that Paul said he'd been well fed and he'd been hungry and he'd learned how to be happy with both. Have you learned how to be happy with nothing? Or did you learned that just because you think you need or want something may not make you any happier it will certainly give you different experiences I enjoy different experiences that's certainly true but I don't count on outside things to make me happy give you an example my wife and I bought a trailer we've discovered that we enjoy camping. And not camping in the sense of having a campfire and that type of thing. But we enjoy being on a a camper. So we had in a pickup. I think I've mentioned that before. I've been working on that. I'm hoping to sell that this weekend because we bought a trailer. But when we were in the camper, we found that we were very happy. And there's just I mean, it sits in the back of a Full-size pickup truck, so you can imagine that it's not very big. The bed's over the cab of the truck, and I think it's a queen-size bed. Not that that makes any difference. We normally sleep in a full-size bed, so it's a bigger bed than we normally sleep in. But the room that you have to sit and get around in, it's got a, it's got a shower and a little eating area. It's got a stove and a refrigerator. It's all in the back of a pickup truck. And really, we discovered we were quite happy in it. And we went from having a pretty large house, by most standards. We had about a 3,000 square foot house. To a smaller house, it's 1,900 square feet. But while that was being remodeled, we were actually living on the weekends, just on the weekends in this camp. And we were very happy in it. So we decided to buy a trailer and get a car that will pull the trailer so that we can have more people in the car. People didn't like being in the back seat of my pickup. And then we can have more passengers and also pull this trailer. But the trailer is not what makes us happy. We're happy, and then we have a different experience when we're in the trailer. Just a different experience. I can't say that I'm happy because I bought a trailer. We bought a boat. We've had a lot of trouble with our boat, as far as mechanical problems, and we keep working at it, trying to find the right part. I mentioned this other man that came into our lives and think maybe he found the right part, and then we. Put this part on that he recommended and it wasn't the right one, but I think he's on the right track and I'm going to see if I can find the correct part. I think he found the problem, we just don't have the right part yet. But I'm not unhappy because my boat doesn't work right, and I'm not going to be happier because it does work right, but I am going to have a different experience. And that's what we really want to look for in life, is what experiences do you want to enjoy? And your happiness doesn't come from the experience, but you're enjoying a different experience. You're aware that you're having a different experience, and you're appreciating that experience. And if you can go through your life appreciating what's happening, consciously making the choices, I think that's a well-lived life. Yesterday was a great example for me of do we want to schedule our day and stick to our schedule? I talked about persistence. We can talk about having goals and being persistent in achieving our goals and not doing those things that get in the way of achieving our goals. On the other hand, We can also just do the things that must be done during our day, recognizing that things must be done and there are some things that must be done by me. A friend of mine once said, today I will only do those things that can only be done by me. Well, that's a great saying. I don't quite uh, do that, but I think that's a great idea. What if you only did those things that could only be done by you? That could be pretty amazing. What if you allowed yourself to be led through life and you were persistent in looking for ways you were being led? Yesterday was a great example for me. I thought the table, the chiropractic table I was working on, Was just about finished, and I had all the cushions on. I thought it was ready to go, and then I discovered that the function of the headpiece and the thoracic section wouldn't work properly. And I looked at it and thought, well, I probably swapped a couple of positions or a couple of choices of how to put parts together, and I probably put it together wrong. Had to be true. Unfortunately, I had an appointment with my chiropractor yesterday, and he has a similar table, so I was able to just look at his and confirm that I put the pieces together. Unfortunately, it looked like it also meant that I had to take apart the pieces that I had struggled to get together. Fortunately, though, I found a different way to get these pieces in place. It required me to remove a couple of cotter keys. wasn't all that easy and today it's still not finished I was able to use it for one patient I put my mother on it yesterday but it needs a couple of cotter pins put in or cotter keys whatever you call them so I'm going to stop and get those today and put those in and then other than just some maintenance lubrication the table will be ready to go in a good shape but that was how my day went in the morning and then in the afternoon, I, took, I said I just took my mother in and checked her on the table. But well, she's had this pink eye. Conjunctivitis is the term. And I've been kind of monitoring that. I thought it was better for a few days. She's had it for a few days, and I thought it was getting better. But yesterday, it didn't look like it was getting better. And the nurse at Spring Creek. So what do you think of your mother's eye? I said, yeah, it's pretty inflamed. He said, yeah, it might be infected. You should get her in and get her checked. Have a doctor look at it. I decided he was probably right. I was kind of thinking about that myself, so that pushed me over. So I called the doctor's office that she normally goes to. They didn't have time, so we went to urgent care. Wound up spending the rest of my afternoon there. And then by the time I got the prescription that was needed for an antibiotic, I was not nearly as early getting home as I thought I was gonna be. But that's how my day played out. And I wasn't upset because that's how my day played out. I was just happy that I was able to do that and happy that I could take that afternoon and be with my mother and help her Be more healthy. Help her have a happier life. Get the medication she needed. And it's interesting how many people don't want to do things like that. Some think they can't do it. They have to be in their business. They have to work. And some do. I'm not saying that you don't have to. But some of us make those choices. Business is more important than my mother's health. Somebody else has to do it. Or she has to figure out how to do it on her own. And then they might get upset at how it goes when they didn't get involved. But when we make our choices like that, we certainly have no right to be upset when it doesn't go the way that we think it should have done. If you wanted to go a certain way, you should have been involved. And even then, you have, (laughs) you may have, as I find, very little control over the situation. But at least I was involved. And she did get the antibiotic that hopefully will improve her eye. And certainly the ointment that she put in her eye made her eye feel better. So that was a good start. And being in service of my mother right now I think is a life well lived. My mother's certainly been there to support me through all the days of my life. Whenever I needed anything, she's been someone I could count on. And now in these twilight years of her life, I want to make sure I'm the one that she can count. And I think it's another one of those laws that I talk about, the law of reciprocity. Reciprocity is actually what it's called in marketing, or at least one marketing person has called it that. And reciprocity is when we feel the need to give something in return for somebody having done something for us. And many people don't see that. They don't feel that. It's really weird. Most people do. But some people don't. And they're either givers or they're takers. They give and give and give. Some give and give and give. But they never have the ability to receive because they don't understand that part of this equation. Or there's others that take and take and take and they never give anything because they don't understand the other side of that equation. But in mental mastery, I talk about this and talk about, you know, even if somebody gives you a compliment, you feel the need to respond, either with another compliment in return or at least say thank you. You, There's some kind of a response there that's necessary, even for something as small as a compliment. If somebody does something good for you, you should feel a need to respond in turn to keep this balance going. Oftentimes, it's in the term of payment. I think I talked about that yesterday. The payment is a sign of appreciation. It's a sign that we love somebody and are appreciating what they did for us. But it's also a part of this Reci- reciprocity or appreciation cycle reciprocity is what the marketing person calls it I I call it the appreciation cycle somebody does something and I show my appreciation so that I can get more of it now think about this in a business relationship if you go in and get something and you don't pay for it your business, the business can't survive, it can't continue If you go in constantly trying to get the best deal you can so that the person can't make any money, soon the person goes out of business or they resent what they're doing and they just won't do it for you. And we often don't think about that. We think that the business is going to be open forever and we can go in and get what we need We appreciate that we can, but we don't appreciate it with money necessarily. Or we're constantly looking for the best deal. Or you go to a store. Imagine this. You go to a store and the salespeople help you decide what you want. And then you look it up on Amazon and see if you can't save a few dollars. And get it from Amazon rather than paying the people that actually gave you the service. Then that's why I call it fair exchange. Is that fair? I just don't think that's being fair. And if you save a few bucks, but you don't appreciate what the salesperson did for you, then the store will go out of business. That's pretty much that simple. And it's your fault because you didn't show the appreciation. So think about that as you go through your day and you're looking to live a well-lived life. If you found your purpose, determine what you want in fair exchange for what you deliver. And oftentimes it's the value we place on our own goods and services determines what people are willing to pay. It's certainly been true in my life. I've undervalued what I do. And what I found is if I undervalue it, then I resent doing it because I'm not getting paid enough. But it's my own fault. Don't look outside. <laughs> Don't look outside yourself. Recognize that <clears throat> you're the one that has to change. I'm the one that has to change. And if I want people to place a higher value on what I do for them, I have to first place a higher value on it on myself. I have to recognize what I'm worth. And then I got to find those customers who have the wherewithal to pay me what it's worth and have that consciousness that appreciates what I've done and values our relationship enough to pay for it. Right now in the United States, I don't know if it's happening around the world, I suspect it is, but with the pandemic, we've got a number of people that are out of work. We've got businesses that are running at half capacity. And yet, we have like 75% of people at least that are working. So they're still making money. They still want goods and services, but a lot of the places that are that have goods and services for sale are at reduced capacity. So just from economics, we know that we've got dollars flowing towards a decreased supply, which runs prices up, right? And we're certainly seeing that in the housing market. We're not building as many houses, and yet there's still high demand. So housing prices are staying high, even though we have this unsettled economy. A lot of people wondering what's gonna happen. We got a lot of people that are out of work. And yet we're still seeing high prices. And it's a time when those who can produce are making decent money. And it just occurs to me that it might actually be a case for universal basic income. Something that at first I wasn't in favor of that, but the more I've thought about it, the more it might just make some sense. Where we give everybody a certain basic income so that they can meet their survival needs and that would allow them to work in jobs that maybe didn't pay as much as other jobs but were what they were best suited to do. And this economy right now may be an example of that because we're paying unemployment to people that don't have a job because we forced them out of work because of the pandemic and yet we have high prices and the economy seems to be going pretty well so it's something that we just haven't experienced in the past and it might point to a benefit of universal basic income well i'm just pulling into bellingham i'm going to stop and get a cup of tea before i go to my meeting I think it's about time to sign off. So we've covered quite a bit of territory this morning, (laughs) starting with living a good life, the appreciation cycle, being aware of your day. The other part I called the the appreciation cycle was the law of reciprocity. And you can use that by the way in your business if you give a customer a little bit a little taste of what you do makes them more inclined to feel like oh yeah maybe I should go ahead and order something try something new and then you you provide a good service there and it causes a cycle i call it the appreciation cycle because it really is a cycle you appreciate something you get more of it and it's a cycle back and forth So anyway, we covered that, and then we ended up with an idea about universal basic income. Who knows where these are going to go? (laughs) All right, this is Robert Affalter signing off. Hope you have a great day, and thanks for listening.